the See for Yourself podcast, the only podcast that can bend the barrel of a gun backwards so that the bullets fire directly at the gunman. I am your host, Tally Wacker, and I am joined by... Haferia. Been a while since we've had you on, and I know that in the past we've almost exclusively watched movies that were I had seen them and you hadn't. And today's movie I have for you is a movie that I also haven't seen. Oh, excited. So there's no safety net. You're just... Oh, you're, no. You're, you're running into a movie that could very well be a hellish nightmare from which there is no return. Ah. A movie that even God himself is ashamed of. Oh, no. I don't know. I saw the title and I said, that's neat. I'm excited. That's all I've got. I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll read you the blurb and I'll tell you the name of the movie. The name of the movie is The Lair of the White Worm. It is a 1988 horror film and it's about 93 minutes long. So, you know, it's got that crispy, sweet, yeah. tender, nice, perfect... <laughs> Short and sweet. Probably just a lot crammed into... Oh, yeah. I They're... feel like it's going to drag on for a while. And then in the last, like, 30 minutes, they're like, all of our problems can be solved with this stick of dynamite. And then, like, it's just a happy ending. And, like... 10 minutes. Wow. Already oh. running out the gate with these predictions. Let's try to get the uh, the synopsis out of the way real fast. The movie is supposed to be about, on a farm, a young archaeologist discovers an inexplicable skull. Discovering the skull draws the attention of various interested parties. And that's it. I'm going to go ahead and make a quick prediction. I am hoping, and I can't be sure, but I'm hoping that some of the horror comes from getting into the job of archaeology and how little that pays and how it's very difficult <laughs> being an archaeologist. Yeah, how your family just looks down on you and like, oh god, this really sucks. I feel like they wouldn't, they wouldn't look down on you actively. It would just be like, uh, a lot of the horror is like irony, I believe. Uh, irony. Where like the audience knows that like he leaves the room, it's like, okay, I'm gonna go to the bathroom, and then like the family's just, oh, what a fucking disappointment. Oh hey, honey, welcome back. We're so proud of you. Or what if they're like completely like, you're an archaeologist, like Indiana Jones. That's so cool. You must have all these crazy adventures fighting Nazis. Our son, the Nazi fighter, and he's like, yep, yep. He's like, I gotta go. To bathroom really quick goes to the bathroom he starts like bathing himself in there like he's like oh god i don't have my own home i can't i don't have nowhere to go back to <laughs> gotta get my shower in here while i'm at the nice toilet or the nice bathroom <laughs> this is the only it's the only time i have to he's like he's <laughs> he's pocketing the soap into his pockets for later he's like, I, I don't i don't imagine that will happen but the the title is kind of misleading in a way because the it doesn't really the synopsis doesn't really what is a white worm what's the lair of the white worm yeah it doesn't say anything about the white worm and i feel like the skull is gonna be like something where they're like this is an ancient worm skull and we're gonna be like what? Yeah, how is that scary exactly? Because, like, a worm is not a scary animal. Yeah, no. Pretty benign animal. I mean, I don't know. You hook them on and you get fish with them. That's about Maybe what Maybe this agent skull was, like, worshipped because people were like, I don't know what this is. It's crazy. And, then, like, archaeologists now are like, dude, that's just a fucking worm. That's, that's nothing. The synopsis kind of, it does sound like one of the later Indiana Jones movies. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. He, like, he goes to a place, discovers a skull, and interested parties get involved. Ugh. So are we going to get like a globe-trotting adventure or is this going to take all take place on the farm or maybe it's in New York and the, the farm's upstate New York and he takes it to New York to meet up with a like paleontologist or someone to see what the skull's all about? I feel like it's it's just going to mostly take place on the farm and I feel like he's just going to stumble across it, like stumble across some like ancient tomb or whatever where they worship this skull and then he's just like, oh, this is really cool. This was just under the farm the entire time. Weird. Just, he's just whistling. <laughs> 
do, do, do. Oh, it trips and falls into a cave. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how I'm imagining it. And it's just got banners everywhere. Welcome to the cave of the white worm, or the lair of the white worm. We we worship this skull. Come and check it out. And it's like, damn, there's nobody down here. It seems like this place was really important once. Wow, it's, it's really well kept. There's no cobwebs or anything. Weird that nobody's here now. Yeah, he's just stealing from, like, indigenous people who, like, set up this little-known attraction. I mean, that sounds like most archaeology. I don't know if this is a B-movie or not, but based on how no one's ever heard of it, yeah. uh, I'm gonna I go sure ahead and assume it it's a... Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna assume that it probably is. B-movies, you know, these are there, there are a couple of standard-issue questions we've come to understand of B-movies where, you know, you just know that you're supposed to kind of, like, expect certain things. B-movies usually have, like, a lot of really unnecessary sexuality in them because sex sells and they're kind of trying to get those extra sales. What's going to be sexy about this farm archaeology situation? There's going to be a hot farm girl. The farmer's daughter is going to be super hot and super helpful for some reason. Just like, she might be the one that stumbles across. I found a... This weird cave, if you want to come look at it, we could go together. And then, like, they get there, and he's like, oh, this is actually an archaeological wonder. And she's like, yeah, that's why I brought you here. That's the only reason. <laughs> she's just desperately trying to sleep with this nerdy guy. And he's like, oh, wow, let me dust off these rocks. She's like, yep, the, the, the rocks. rocks. <laughs> You found the important thing in this here cave. I wonder if white worm and lair are supposed to be like <laughs> euphemisms. <laughs> it's not even a B It's a bad porno. We've just, we've done it again. It's we've, a 90 minute porno. <laughs> we've stumbled onto a full length pornographic film on If that happens, the next one is like, hey, don't let your kids watch it. And then just, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, if we come back from the preamble and, and we're saying it's rated R, but it's supposed to be NC-17 or, or, or rated X, I guess, maybe for the time. I don't know when they got rid of the X. I I think it was early 70s. I don't know. I saw the title and I kind of I kind of wondered about that, but I decided to go ahead anyway. <laughs> I think it's more likely that the interested parties will be, like, JoJo's villains. Like, yeah. they'll just show up and be wearing next to nothing and have these crazy costumes on. And the archaeologist is, like, <laughs> he's just got, like, a leather jacket. And, like, he looks like Indiana Jones. Because, like, I, I'm not going to say this movie's definitely jobbing on Indiana Jones here. But it feels a little bit like it. Yeah. Just from the description. It could be entirely different. The it archaeologist. Could be like fucking Milo from Lost City of Atlantis. Sure. Mega nerd. <laughs> I always thought it was weird that Indiana Jones was such a cool guy. Yeah. And I I guess that's just Harrison Ford's style of acting. He tends to kind of want to portray the dude as like a cool guy. But maybe it also was Steven Spielberg or, you know, one of those uh, individuals just deciding like, no, he's got to be really cool. He's got to be super cool. We want him to be cool. Maybe this will kick off archaeology into an actual paying job. Was archaeology, like, super respected at the time? I have no idea. Because, like, I know that, um, like, Egypt fever was a thing. Yeah. People were crazy for Egypt for a while there. And so the archaeologists who discovered that stuff were probably rock stars in their time. Yeah. It would be really sad if they, like, discovered all that stuff and then, like, they got paid nothing. That's probably why they kept keep going out. I would not be surprised to find out that uh, that's exactly what happened. They paid these very well-educated individuals to go and discover this stuff and, you know, bring it back. And they just took it and went, cool, we're going to sell this to museums for millions and you guys are gonna get pennies capitalism <laughs> that's great yay mm. 
Mm-hmm. The history of this stuff in America is not good. And then to make movies about it and be like, oh, this is a cool job to have. And you can go and like just casually travel to Germany and, and Africa and all these cool places. And like, and you know there was kids that watched that movie that are like, I'm going to go to be a fucking archaeologist. And then they, they did. They went to college. They did that. And they're like, why did I? Dinosaurs are cool, I guess. <laughs> I feel I feel for these people. Do you think the skull, the skull will be designed in like a cool way? Or is it going to be like a dollar store sort of prop thing? I hope it's a dollar store prop. But I, I think they're going to like try to put all of the effort into the skull where it's gonna like be some crazy thing which is why they're worshipping it and they probably have ordained it or I'm assuming they're worshipping it where it's like gonna be decorated and ordained and like they got gems in it I'm hoping that it's an actual animal skull some kind of animal skull like something that most people probably haven't seen at the time you know like a I don't know like an owl skull or something and they're just like this looks kind of weird let's use that but specifically they've like sort of confangled it in some kind of way to make it talk like it actually has lines (laughs) and everything and I'm Hoping it'll be its own character. Like the magic conch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just giving them advice. Like, oh, don't let those people come around. They're part of the, the order of the white worm. And they have a lair. And we're just like, oh, thank you, Skull, for clearing this up. It's very nice to know. Do worms even have skulls? No, they don't. Worms don't have bones. Yeah, <laughs> so like... This seems a little yeah, off. Yeah, it's it's already off. Like, also hope that it's like a real skull, but because they've like they added like a horn or something. Like, it's a a cat skull, and it's very obviously a cat skull, and they just added a horn here and there, and it's just like jewels. I would hope that it would look so bad and cheesy, and it's like, oh yeah, you could definitely see hot glue. But like back then, it was like, oh, this is this is the coolest looking thing ever. Usually, cinematographers are pretty good about that. Those are the people who are in charge of like, well, let's just let's make it at nighttime so no one yeah. can see all the crappy. <laughs> well, it also depends on if it's a B-movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so hopefully, it's a 1988 movie. There's a lot of like advances in this kind of stuff at the time. I would think. I, I don't think it'll be obvious to us how bad it is, you know? <laughs> God, I sure hope it is. This has just become, you know, B-movie for yourself, the podcast. <laughs> This is like like a high budget movie that just was made in like Korea or something and we stumbled upon it and it's like a really nice Korean film and we're just like, oh, I hope it's an American budget movie. Those are the best. <laughs> They're so dumb. It's so good. <laughs> That's all I want is just a really, really crappy American film. <laughs> Seems to be the through line we like to go with. What kind of interested parties can you imagine? What sorts of people are into this? You know, we have JoJo's villains on the list, but there could be multiple people. I feel like it's going to be multiple separate parties. Like, there's going to be the evil archaeologist group that are, like, basically the Nazis. Can can we have, like, a benign group? Like, maybe the first group that's interested is, like, his college rival. Yeah. (laughs) He beat me in badminton once, and I really want to get back at him. I'll just screw him over on his next discovery. Yes, yes. It's the the guy that's been like with him the entire time. It's like every so often he like pants at the camera. It's like I can't believe he beat me in badminton, and then he comes back. It's like yeah, we found this cool thing. Just let me hold on to it for a little bit. I'll keep it safe. And he just fucking takes off. Right. I don't know why. I love sidekicks. I really hope the archaeologist has a sidekick of some kind. You mentioned like the hot farmer's daughter. I That's, think that'd be cool. I feel like that would be a separate character. They would have the sidekick, and then they'd have the hot interested farmer's daughter we're just writing indiana jones right yeah, now yeah we're just <laughs> writing indiana jones this is just he'll have like a young asian boy who follows him around and then quits acting and then comes back for like a star-spangled return to excellent films and you know everyone will love him and then they'll get like a picture with the main guy and the, uh, the asian uh he's not an asian kid anymore now he's an asian grown man and he's a great actor and that's what what'll happen and it's like yeah that's that's just, that's just indiana temple jones. of doom you're describing temple yeah. of doom <laughs> 
I like the idea of having like just the singular female sidekick, but I, I feel like, especially in the 80s, these are all written by men who don't know how to write women at all, so it probably will just be like, I'm a lady and I have sex organs that you can use for your pleasure. That's how women are. And he's not picking up what she's putting down until the very last scene where he's like, what a great adventure, and then like, does the like, the dip kiss. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. There's no way, right? If this is a B-movie, they know that sex sells. They're just gonna have him go into town on her every chance he gets. He's gonna smoke cigars afterwards and be like, gotta get back to those rocks I was dusting off earlier. And she's like, sure, you can't have sex five more times. And he's like, just five. <laughs> I'll show you ten. Thirty minutes later, we get back on track for the movie. And it's like, God, why did we spend so much time <laughs> just showing people bare-assed, like, cuddling on top of each other and making moaning noises? Ooh, I ah. feel like it, it wouldn't even be that. I feel like she would say that from, like, a side cave entrance. And then he'd be like, just five more. And then it would fade to black. And as it's faded back, oh, honey. And it's like, okay, now I really have to dust off those rocks. Your, uh, your optimism is showing. I, uh... <laughs> I don't think you realize just how often these movies were very exploitative towards women, especially like yeah, young imagine. actresses, yeah. and they, they weren't they weren't good to these. I'm young just hopeful, man. <laughs> it's the 1980s. Please. You're like, and she'll be a really well written character and have her own interests and things that she does outside of like whatever the guy is doing. Like maybe she'll run her own shop and she's like selling like these different curios and things, and she gets picked up by a larger business, and now she's a millionaire and she buys their jet, and now she's a really important part of the team. She has all this money and is an independent woman. Not in 1988. Sorry, I'm crushing the dreams here. I'm glad you have these wonderful predictions. I, I think they're lovely. I was really hoping for a Hallmark movie. <laughs> <laughs> the lair of the white worm. And the <laughs> they just go and they, they love on each other and they're like, wow, we really overcame the lair of the white worm together with our love. Santa? <laughs> the white worm is just Santa. He's like, it's me, guys. Yeah, they called me that in college for the white worm. It's because I always got to the bottom of my tequila bottles. You know what I mean? Oh, Santa, you old codger. <laughs> this was the first Hallmark movie. <laughs> I'm hoping, though, that the parties interested aren't, like, super racially just, these are savages, and it's like, ah, oh, ah. You think the word savages will actually get used? If there's an indigenous people that worship the skull, yeah, more than likely. So we know a lot more now about how museums are really shitty about uh, different artifacts that they've taken from uh, different lands that, like, the country that's in control of the artifact now just went and conquered that land at some point and kept all their shit. I think you mean Britain. You just mean Britain. Well, no, I mean, America does it too. Uh, I know because Britain controlled a lot of things. Their museums are one of the ones that have majority of the artifacts from other countries. Sure, sure, yeah. But America's pretty notorious for it too. Like, they did a whole King of the Hill episode where we had to return Sandy Annie's leg. <sighs> I love Cotton Hill. What a good character. But anyways, do you think there'll be any, like, really bad representations of that? Like, where maybe the, the native people are like, hey, the worm skull. We'll just call it the worm skull. No one can stop us. Yeah. The cat's skull with a unicorn horn is ours you have to give it back it's important to our people and then white archaeologist guy is like ah oh, nah man the museum will take better care of it so you guys can't have it because museum it belongs in a museum that's exact he's going he's not going to say like the the museum would take care of it better he's going to specifically say this belongs in a museum uh, and he's going to say that multiple times regardless of the the people who had the skull for however long preserving it. Would you rather see that or would you rather see the archaeologist guy be like, yeah, that's that's a good point, native people, but uh, I want money. You guys aren't offering money. I would rather him be honest and realistic, but I know it's he's going to be like some like thinking he's saving everything for 
for taking it to the museum and he, he's gonna make it seem like he doesn't care about the money at all. Really, it's just he cares about the money, but he's gonna like, no, but like, this is a historical evidence of the great white worm. We need to have this in a museum. Ah, uh, the old historical science reasons. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. People can learn. People can see and learn that cat skulls grew unicorn horns once. For worms. <laughs> for worms, yeah. And they lived in worm bodies, yeah. <laughs> Well, that explains why cats are so worm-like. They're just, they're weaselly little boys, and it's because their great ancestor is a sick-ass worm. They just suck puppeted these worms. (laughs) Are you familiar at all with horror comedy movies? Yes. Yeah, any that you're a big fan of? Army of Darkness. Oh, okay. Love that. So you're a big Sam Raimi fan? Yeah. Army of Darkness is a pretty solid one, and the comedy in that is, like, somewhere between, like, absurdist comedy and, like, slapstick comedy. Mm -hmm. And the horror aspects of it are kind of just like, look, it's a skeleton man. That's scary. Yeah. <laughs> We've sort of been painting this movie up to be almost like a comedy, like some, somewhere between like a comedy and a example of the why the 1980s were terrible to various groups of people. <laughs> I was picturing it like similar to the first Evil Dead movie where like they didn't have a whole lot of budget. There's one scene where you can see Ash. You could see him like the bookcase fell over top of him and he's like sitting there holding it down. He's like, oh, I can't get out. But you could see his arm holding it down. Mm-hmm. So I imagine it parts of it like this where it's like low budget. But who knows? It could be like... The best movie ever from the 80s, and we just didn't know. Do you think that it'll be purposefully trying to be funny, or will it be like, it's it's trying to be serious, and we're just thinking it's funny because it's not as, not as well made? I feel like it's going to try to be serious, but add comedy that, like, completely misses along the lines of, like, oh, look at those savages, where it's like, that's obviously them trying to be a joke, but that's not funny. But they're, like, really trying to keep it serious for the most part with, like, little jokes here Like a Looney Tunes cartoon almost, where it's like, those savages! Yeah. You'll never catch us if you're throwing sticks and rocks at us. <laughs> you need a gun like this one. <laughs> oh, God. That's how I imagine the, the humor that they're trying to do is going to go. But it's going to be a mostly serious, but it's going to be hilarious because it's so... Out of touch. Yeah, Yeah. it's out of touch and generally just bad. Well, here, we're coming up about on that time. Is there any final predictions you want to make really quick? Any things that you're hoping for or you're hoping not to see? I think we covered, like, a good portion of all the stuff. I'm really hoping for uh, a lot of different settings for this movie because I don't think that it's terribly interesting to keep it on the farm. I think they're mostly going to keep it. For money reasons, that's a good idea. But I think for my enjoyment, I'd prefer, like, you know, we start off on the farm, but then we have to go to New York to, like, try to give this to somebody who knows what it is. And then one of the parties invites us back to their swanky hotel or something, and now we're in a ballroom and we're dancing, and they're trying to convince us to give them the skull, or they're trying to steal it from us, but we don't have it. It's back at the university, and then we go to the university, and I don't know. I I think that that would be cool. I guess I am kind of hoping for that sort of a romp around various different locations, somewhat similar to an Indiana Jones movie. If this movie is like nothing like an Indiana Jones movie, I'm gonna be shocked. Shocked and mad. just all set up and we've been picturing it to be set up like an Indiana Jones movie and it's like nah this is like this is just an old western. What is the opposite of an Indiana Jones movie? It's a documentary. It's an actual documentary. (laughs) Very realistic documentary about worm skulls. (laughs) It's a slasher film. And we're just not getting that at all. Like, the interested parties are just, like, a faceless killer who shows up trying to murder all the inhabitants of the farm, and it actually does take place entirely on the farm, and I and I hate it. <laughs> but that's that's about all I've got. We'll go ahead and, and move right into the movie and uh, keep our eyes peeled for anything that feels vaguely uh, Steven Spielberg-y. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
say it, but uh, I don't think I've ever been so satisfied by a singular movie that I went in with such low expectations to. Kick us off. So glad I was right on the, like, dynamite. It's how they defeat the snake monster, which is the the white worm. We never really get a good look at it other than sort of just the head. It really could just be a worm, for yeah, all it could we be. know. Yeah, but, but that was that was something that was covered in the movie. Was, worm is another word for dragon or snake or all these other things. The and they W-Y-R-M. They took the time out of their day to say that. I think the first thing we should probably mention is that, like, sort of the joke that we made that, oh, well, we're expecting this to be an American-made movie, and it's just a budget American movie, and it turns out it was more like a, I don't even want to call it a budget movie, I mean, it looked pretty good, the effects were well done, you know. Green screen effects probably were on par with the time. Sure, Um, yeah. But it was was like a Scottish movie. uh, Oh, it was British. British Um, movie, a lot of references to Scotland throughout, and I guess that makes sense with the like, we're driving the snakes from, you know, theme. Peter Capaldi's in it, which I didn't know. Peter Capaldi, yeah. he's so young. Yeah. He looks so great. Handsome young boy. Wild ride. How did you feel about the treatment of the women in the movie. There were, there were a lot of female characters throughout the film and they, they got a lot of time. And I feel like other than the main snake lady, mm-hmm. they didn't really do too much with the um, the women except in the very beginning when they just basically like, oh, this main female character, let's have her dump all of her trauma on this dude that's staying at their place for a little while. Ten minutes in, both my parents are missing. They went missing in this grove that we're walking. Oh, I also don't have a boyfriend. He was killed in a motorcycle accident. He killed himself. Or killed himself in a motorcycle accident. Which is much darker than he got himself killed in a motorcycle accident. And then immediately, Capaldi's character goes for the beautiful kiss. Yeah. I don't know why they did that at all in the movie. Because this movie dips its hand very heavily heavily into the sexploitation category mm-hmm. of like a more budget sort of film. It has a lot of scenes with just unnecessary nudity for, you know, sexploitation reasons. Yeah. I did like that some of the scenes, not all of them, but some of them were like nudity just because that's what I chose to wear yeah. for this particular scene and that's like what it is. Like it's not, oh look, I'm trying to be sexy. It's just I happen to be naked right now. And I think that that's I like that a little bit better than like some of the other scenes where it was like nudity to try to be sexy. Yeah. Where like in the first flashback Eve has when acid snake acid because they're snake people they're lizard people mm-hmm. sprays acid on the the crucifix she it was like a nun ceremony very religious movie mm-hmm. wasn't expecting that but yeah. that nun ceremony where they're all fully clothed and as soon as the Romans showed up it's like why are there titties all of a sudden immediately and it, it wasn't like they pushed her around and then complete titties out wonderful great rape scenes yeah it was a, it was like a big gang rape scene it is done very quickly and they, they do it multiple times that was the most explicit one, though. The rest yeah. of them, it's kind of like they have the scene where Mary has this a similar vision and she's being sort of skewered. I guess it's a rape scene still, even though they're using those like uh, phallic things, you know, yeah. they're not actually penetrating them with their own members, but rather with these weird wooden stake things. Super weird. They use the word vampirism to describe the effect of the snake bites on people like, oh, it's some form of vampirism. Get it? We're doing like the vampire thing where if you get bit by a vampire, it turns you into a vampire. We're not going to say all of that. We'll just use the word vampirism and you'll know what we're doing. Super crazy. I I would not have guessed we're going to do snake vampires in this movie. Oh, not at all. And then like for it to get completely ignored, several characters are bitten throughout the thing and then they're relatively healed and whatnot, but they are still bitten characters. Peter Capaldi's character calls James and is like, there's some sort of vampirism. And then it just gets ignored.
ignored. Like, everyone completely, like, forgot, like, oh, yeah, the butler was bit, the, the cop was bit earlier on. Did the butler uh, get bitten? Yeah, because he had snake bites from the girl's lost mother. When he was on the ground, he had, like, two snake bites. Hmm. I thought that he had just fallen to his death for some reason. Yeah, he was bit and probably pushed. Well, maybe it takes some time to take effect, and if you're already dead, it just doesn't do anything. And, you know, a fall from that height could kill you, so sure. Yeah. I don't know. They did the thing that it definitely doesn't work. Don't do this in real life. Where they're like, Sucking oh, out the... <laughs> yeah, I'll suck out the poison and that'll do it. You're just... No, that's not that's how not, that works. Yeah, it's already in the bloodstream. You're already fucked. Yep. <laughs> hate that was perpetuated. <laughs> I mean, it's it's par for the course in 1988, yeah. but Jesus fucking Christ, they used it constantly. And even the scene where, like, uh, Angus saves Mary after she had just get, gotten bitten and had her vision, and he's sitting there with the venom in his mouth, just, like, casually, like, that's no big deal. And then he goes and finds, like, a wine glass. It, the scene takes, like, 15 seconds too long, and he spits it into the wine glass, and he's doing that to save it for later to, like, go and get, like, an anti-venom made. In my mind, I'm just sitting here screaming internally, like, why? Why are you taking so long on this stop 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 just spit it out anywhere yeah Ooh. and then scoop it up with a cup later yeah, oh. I, don't, I don't know anything would have been better than just letting that stuff sit in your mouth like in yeah. no way and there was so much of it too it was like a whole mouthful it was a whole ass mouthful which human sized snakes would probably disperse that much inject venom, the hell so. out of you yeah that makes sense the sting and bite joke that oh like, my god that continuously that like kept pissing off the main snake lady yeah sylvia because Sylvia. they were pretty, I don't know, on point with the names, I guess you could say. Like, they were on brand, you know, Mary and Eve are both biblical yeah. names, and we're playing with the biblical stuff here. It was James, and I don't... I remember Angus. His Angus. It's Angus. I remember the, his last the name. The most being... Scottish name yeah. ever. Uh, I remember his last name more as Flint. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't Because I'm an Angus. archaeologist, yeah. Flint, get it? <laughs> Yeah. It was also one of those, you slowly piece together that Sylvia is a, a reptile lady. Oh, weird, because the snake that bit you should be hibernating. Weird. Oh, ma'am, we weren't expecting you till after winter. Oh, it's winter's over. We're good. Just the entire scene in the house. Why would why would you leave your door just wide open? I did like that the cops were kind of bumbling idiots in this. Yeah. That feels good. Yeah. Especially Mary calls inquiries and she's like, I'm trying to report that my sister might have like something you guys need to investigate. You know, she's uh, been captured or something weird's going on. You got to look out for her at this train station. She might be there. She might not be. We don't know. And that's the information she's going into this call with. But she picks up the phone. She's like, hey, Ray. Oh, your name's Roy. Oh, I guess I should know you for some reason. Oh, you came to my bed and breakfast one Easter? Oh, I thought it might have been winter. They're just having this weirdly, like, casual that, that conversation. That was the cop. That was the, the guy at the train station. Because she called the train station to see if Mary was there. So I was under the impression that they were calling inquiries, which I imagine is, like, the, the number you call when you're not trying to get the cops, but you are trying to get people who are, like, working with the cops to look into things. No, they were specifically trying to get a hold of the, the train station to see if Mary was on, like, was about to... Because she wanted to call Mary, because their call got interrupted. Interrupted. She was calling the train station. Either way, it did seem like a weirdly like casual conversation to allow to happen for as long as it did when you have an emergency that you're trying oh, to yeah. like 100%. circumvent. And then the initial cop like going to investigate the temple manor, that phone call is like, I don't care if you're eating dinner, get there's someone that might have broken into this house. It's like, well, I can't get there because you have the car. We'll take a taxi. The only taxi was arrested. <laughs> I do like that that sort of establishes how small of a town this is. Yeah. Like, the only taxi we have access to is a guy that I arrested for drunk driving. And the, we only have one police car. Yeah, yeah. And, like, can you get here on the on the bike? Oh, the pump. I don't have the pump. Or you took the pump or something. He's got an excuse <laughs> for everything. The pump is broken. Yeah. It, 
It felt like a Monty Python bit. I really did love the like transformation into like the snake fangs and the eyes and everything that many they didn't just do it for one character. I thought that was cool. A bunch yeah, of different characters a bunch got of to characters. And that was fun. Yeah. I'm upset we didn't get to see the transformation for the dad. Yeah. I Well, I think in the, the dream sequence where James is on the plane, mm-hmm. I feel like they alluded to he was killed. Because he walks into the he walks away into the light, which James starts to follow and then is awoken up. I just The reason I bring this up is I, I thought it would have looked cool with the mustache oh, yeah. and the fangs. Oh, yeah. That would have been nice. He had a uh, sick he mustache. He had a sick mustache. Dope mustache. I wish they did more with the dad. Because mm-hmm. um, they, did, they did more with the, the mom. mom got some sick scenes yeah but also the mom and eve looked oddly old and young at the same time and it was it was really weird mm-hmm. i think the mom only looked old because they gave her like that here's an old lady kind of hair that's like kind of stringy and gray in some areas mm-hmm. but it was it was weirdly off-putting and then they brought her back as a snake probably my favorite special effect is given to the mom the mom yeah, yeah. she gets that really cool i've been bisected but my legs are still moving and my upper torso is still moving. That looks so cool and it's oh, really it well done. Oh, it looks so good. Yeah, yeah. It was all the special effect makeup in it was, except for the body paint on the snake woman later. I don't know. I think body paint is one of those like 50-50 things yeah. probably. Maybe maybe it's a 1980s thing or maybe not, but like there's a lot of room for error for that because yeah. you have to have it covering everything sort of perfectly and, and doing a whole Depending scene. on if it's oil-based or water-based. Yeah, it's yeah. like a, it's a nightmare I imagine. Like, I, I can, I get that. But like the eye gouging um, mm-hmm. really well done. Yeah, that was great uh the teeth as a whole like there were some scenes that were better than others uh when she like bites angus and then she has a couple seconds where she's sort of like just tonguing her teeth a little bit and like they're sort of like crooked and i'm like i don't know if that was on purpose or not but it does seem a little odd since in almost every other scene they're straight it's it's really because I feel like that was just the teeth falling out. They're like, oh, no, but that was like the best take we have. Yeah, it's fine. I'll go ahead and give myself the attaboy here. I was definitely right with the, one of the interested parties will just be a JoJo's villain. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, that <laughs> lady had like 19 different costume changes. As like, And, and we've experienced this before with like these sort of lower budget movies where they're just like, all right, we're going to have the sexy lady in the movie have like 19 different outfits and everybody else will kind of just wear the same old shit. Yeah, I feel like everyone had like a decent amount of costume changes, but it was like slight variations of the same formula yeah. whereas like she was just like here's crazy outfit number three here's crazy out i'm a stand user did you get that it's it, like, yeah it's it's very much the well how would we be able to tell who's the stand user and like some goofy looking dude like ooh. the craziest pose it's crazy because like angus is the other stand user and he's like yeah my stand's just bagpipes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, the like, whole Snake charming everything was hilarious. They just, hey, but old butler, could you help get these giant speakers onto the roof of our, like... Mansion castle. Mansion castle, so that I can play these erotic Turkish... Belly dancing songs. Belly dancing songs to try to get the snake to come out. I like how when he was talking about the particular song that he found, he's like, I can't find the the snake charming songs, and I found Turkish charmers. And he's like, oh, okay, well, play it. So he plays it. And it's the first song is just sort of Turkish music. It's very exciting. It's something you could dance to. And he's like, ah, yes, I remember when your father was getting laid once to this song. (laughs) Which was a wild scene. Why? This, like, uh, this is James's character confused the hell out of me because he was, like, equally like, oh, this is an emergency. And also, eh, the entire time. Is it, dude? 
Much like that scene, it's like, my father used to play this, huh? But he had some wild times, and they're just continuing this conversation. Meanwhile, Angus and Mary are outside the, the snake's home. Why aren't you, like, rushing to hopefully get the, draw the snake out? Or, like, at the end, when they're, like, fighting the, the giant snake, and they're trying to save both Eve and Mary, and Angus is, like, doing all of the work. He's just dicking around in the, like, cave. Well, he had, like, a plan and everything. It's just he told no one about it. Yeah. And it was, there was a lot of, like, really lucky coordination that happened entirely accidentally in this movie. Like, when Angus shows up at the fucking perfect time to save Mary from the cop. With the antidote, too? With the alleged antidote. Yeah, he had um, the antidote. He had, And, oh God, when they call to tell him that the antidote doesn't work, which is the big, like, stinger moment in the... Stinger. God. <laughs> the, uh, they the, bite? The big reveal moment in the movie where you know, they tell him, yeah, we didn't give you an antidote, we gave you arthritis medication. And he's like, oh, shit. They told him he could come the next day to get the antidote. So, like, you're fucked. You can't get it till tomorrow? Yeah. yeah. He didn't know that she actually had a copy of it, and if he rushed over, he could get it. She said, you can get it tomorrow. It'll be ready tomorrow. So he, he imagines in his head, I would think, that he's screwed. But also, that was that instant, like, oh, I didn't take the antidote? I'm a snake vampire now. Immediately. Complete 180 is like, I was fine up until this phone call. And then it's like, nope, I am the vampires now. I've been completely assimilated as of yeah. you mentioning this. Yeah. I did like how it kind of ended on them having like this nice bro moment. They're just like, yeah, we're going to go get some beers with the girls before we tell everybody what happened, right? Like, we got to tell everybody there's a dead lady and everything. We can't. She's like a part of this community and it's a small community. And so... the, the main cop is dead as yeah, well. Yeah, like there's no way to get away with this. We have to come clean. But first, let's... Let's go out and have some beers. Am I right, buddy? We've earned it. Or a bite to eat. Huh? Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. When they get the call from Eve that she's going to be going to London for a few days, they're eating spaghetti. Yeah. Which is, it's <laughs> like a white worm kind of. Get it? Ha ha ha. The snakes and ladders with the giant white worm in the middle. I never thought they'd actually say snakes and ladders. Like, they showed snakes and ladders, and I was like, oh, they can't say snakes and ladders, but they can, like, show but it, it is, right? The, the original game is called Shoes and Ladders. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I thought mm -hmm. that there was, like, different versions of it, and one was called snakes and ladders, and one was called shoots and ladders. I've only ever known shoots and ladders. I didn't know that there was a snakes and ladders. I was hoping for, like, a uh, like a SpongeBob thing where it's, like, eels and escalators, you yeah, know? and like Because that's... that's what I thought you had to do. <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't just say the thing. The name, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't sure if they were gonna be able to do it. It was weird to me that they said snakes and ladders like nineteen times in this movie. Good <laughs> so God. Many times. When she goes to kidnap a possible child, more than likely under 18, because he's trying to go to a youth thing. Um, youth hostel. which a is youth like hostel. A, like a, it's, it, it, in my understanding of it, my approximation of it, it would just be like a, it's a, basically a cot next to a bunch of other cots in a room that they make very cheap for young people. And that's what it is. It's for traveling. So you have like a bed to go back to at the end of the night. And then for the rest of the day, you go traveling around wherever it is that it's located. They don't explicitly state his age, but I feel like he's at the age where... It was a very weird scene that she's, like, actively trying to seduce him multiple times. Yeah. It just made me super uncomfortable. I'm glad that we got a scene where she bites somebody's dick off. Because in, yeah. like, a in a sexploitation movie, I'm just always waiting for <laughs> when do we get to bite somebody's dick off. They love putting that in sexploitation scenes. It's, like, their favorite fucking thing. And admittedly, it's really cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. I get it. But she does it, and then he's yeah. like, oh, this is gonna be great. Oh, no. I did love 
love how quickly they would just have her transform into the snake and then go back to being normal, but I didn't love how they wouldn't show a lot of these, like, graphic scenes until it came to the Roman gang rape scene, or yeah. it came to the, the scene where a bunch of guys, like, penetrate a woman with their strap-ons, you know, like... Their sharp strap-ons, yeah. Yeah, their, their wooden stake strap-ons. Or their, there's a lot of scenes, like, a weird number of scenes that just have, like, in the background somewhere, there's, like, a weird phallic-shaped white object. Yeah, there's a lot about the penetrating of women with these, like, weird phallic... Like, specifically when the snake lady, Sylvia, kidnaps Eve. She's like, oh, are you a virgin? And, like, pokes her very obviously with one of these stabby things. And mm-hmm. then, like, she goes to do the phone call to tell Mary, like, hey, I'm on a train somewhere. And there's another one on the, the table. On the counter, yeah. Yeah. Or, or by the bedside for James Dampton. Yeah. You know, he's got this just weird phallically shaped white cylinder thing. Yeah. I don't know. And it's never explained. It's never used. It's just there chilling. And it makes sense in the snake lady's house, but why, why? in James's house? Well, it, it kind of makes sense for him because he his family is the slayer of this great beast. There's possibly some correlation. I don't know. It's hard to say because it makes sense for him to have like a sword in his house. You oh, know, yeah. his family would sort of glorify, you know, weaponry and stuff. But I, I don't know how I feel about like, yeah, the thing that we like associate with a snake, these phallic shaped white objects. Yeah, he just has one too. I could yeah. see one where it's like maybe cut in the middle and that would make sense. Like, oh, it's like, it's not perfectly rounded at the top. It's like squared off at the top as if somebody has cut, cut it, it yeah. in half. That would make more sense to me and, and be more on brand here. But uh, nope, he just has one and it's just chilling. I'm sure that, like, if you went through the rest of the movie with like a keen eye, you'd see him everywhere. Yeah, in every single room. In the every the number of show. times that they would use musical cues to indicate. Oh my gosh, weird stuff. Like yeah. the, the garden hose. The garden at hose. The, in the first couple minutes is when he like gets the, the skull and everything and is like, oh, let's wash it it's, off. It's not the first couple of minutes. It's the first fucking scene. Yeah. They well, show you yeah. the lair and then, you know, credits roll. And then immediately after that transition to him picking up this skull and saying, first line in the movie, yeehaw. <laughs> Boy, howdy. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a lot more country and, like, American country. The, the yeehaw tricked me. I was yeah, like, exactly. Oh, I was like, he's our cowboy. Is. Here yeah. he is. And then, like, the two British women, what you find? <laughs> oh, my spotted dick. I gotta get to my spotted dick. <laughs> Come on, please. This is so aggressively British. And then, like, she goes to, like, get the hose to rinse it off. That sharp musical cue as, it, as she, like steps over the hose. Yeah, like, I'm like, does it? Does the hose attack her later? Yeah. Like, are we supposed to be... doesn't pay? come back at all. Never. No, Never it's just in the movie. alluding to the fact that, like, these long white cylinders are snake-like. They're trying. They're all snakes. There's so many white snakes. Everybody wants to be Stanley Kubrick, you know? <laughs> Everybody wants to have, like, oh, but if you paid attention in the movie, there was that, you know, hose. Remember that? You know, yeah, but you didn't do anything with it. You just had a big... And then the hose was there, and it never came back up, so... <laughs> <laughs> the point in it yeah. like it'd be one thing to show that there's like a giant hose like a white hose and it's like oh notice that later on or re-watching it but to have the music cue just like ding. yeah there were some times where the music was so on point like uh she kidnaps that kid effectively and asks him the most leading questions ever so she does this a lot uh sylvia where she'll be like uh does anyone know that you're here Nobody knows. Oh, well, that's convenient for me murdering you. And she yeah. does this like two or three times in the movie. But um, specifically the part where she gets into her lingerie and she's wearing those like big black boots, the standard issue outfit of any stand user. Um, <laughs> and she paralyzes him and then like pushes his head under the water with her boot. The music that's playing right there is like kind of sexy, but also kind of sinister. It's pretty much perfect. It's yeah. it's, it's great. But a lot of other times they would use their music really inappropriately. <laughs> I loved everything about it. I love the huge expositional dumb 
dump of all the background lore in that one punk folk song that they were doing Mm -hmm. for the huge ball of killing this giant worm. They did have like a pretty lengthy exposition dump literally just telling you what it is. After that though, like James gives that to Angus. Because up until like halfway through the song, I wasn't paying attention because I'm like, oh, they're having a fun time. They're dancing. Oh, there's this giant white snake now. And then I'm like, the song is talking about the giant white snake. That did seem a little weird where the snake actually came out and danced (laughs) around with the people. And I'm like, oh, they shouldn't have named the movie Lair of the White Worm because it just gives away what you should be keeping an eye out for right out the gate. It should have been named something like uh, Angus Saves the Day. Dear, dear sweet Angus, our perfect baby boy. Up until the end. Then perfect baby boys can be villains too. That's okay. <laughs> There's so much to love about this movie. It was so good. I was right that it was going to be similar to The Evil Dead, where it just seemed like cheesy kind of writing that wasn't meant to be cheesy, but it just happened to be cheesy, where the entire like plot of the movie just seemed uh, kind of cheesy and silly and goofy. I'm not a huge fan of the word cheesy, because it kind of doesn't really mean anything, but I get what you're trying to say, and I feel like, in general, I sort of disagree. I think that the movie was trying to be funny. That, like, think about the, the dream sequence when the two girls are like wrestling with each other, like, Oh, that was... <laughs> uh, and, he, and he has, like, the marker, and he, like, it, it's clearly supposed to be his penis, and he's, like, sort of lifting it up to indicate, oh, this is kind of turning me on here. Genius. Beautiful. Wonderful filmmaking. I, I couldn't... No notes. Just keep it as is. Never change. Never, ever change. When we re- remake this movie in 20 years from now, and everyone's like, oh, it's a crazy new movie they're coming out with, that scene's staying, and it's going completely... <laughs> we're just gonna copy and paste it right over. And there were there were a lot of bits like that, and, you know, the snakes and ladders thing. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> the part where she's, like, she's being, like, Oh, I'm traumatized by snakes. And he's like, well, then why do you play snakes and ladders? And she's, <laughs> she's like, Ugh. I'm a bit schizophrenic. What's her, like, answer to that? I don't know if this was just during a time where they didn't know what that word meant at all. And they were just like, well, we'll just use it as a placeholder for the word crazy. Like, instead yeah. of saying crazy, we'll say schizophrenic. I don't know. But yeah, that was really out of place and weird. I feel like it, it was mostly supposed to be serious with the intentional funny parts, like the snakes and ladders or like the... I feel I feel like the Snakes and Ladders actually wasn't supposed to be funny. I feel like there was like a the kind of moment where the audience were like, oh, he's catching on, and then he doesn't. No way. And I that's why like, it was funny to me. I, I, it's fine for us to disagree on this, but I, I really do feel like they were definitely trying to to be funny and be hokey and like, oh, Snakes and Ladders, haha. They knew what they were doing. They were on top of it. And it's weird to me because like the, the horror and the serious aspects of it are so kind of toned down by comparison that the jokes feel like they come at you constantly hard and fast just all the time they're trying to like land some new joke and I, and I think it works a lot of the time too but the more serious like drama and horror aspects of it I feel like are a lot more low impact there are a lot of like uh, they're like jump scares I, I think they're they're meant to be like a jump scare but I, I think I was comforted a lot by the movie being so so funny most of the time for yeah. me I, I felt like the humor worked really well god he's got like a tactical mongoose he keeps oh, in his yeah. crotch pocket that was that, like that entire where he kills the evil snake and then and he's just going through. It's like, oh, I just have this bag of everything on my person, on my... Uh... Right at his crotch. Right at crotch It level. was, It was the... I can't remember what they're called, but for kilts, specifically the, like, front Pocket. thing. yeah. But he, he, like, just, like, oh, I have antidote here. Oh, I have tactical mongoose that I'm going to send in to deal with the snake first. Deploy the tactical mongoose. Yeah. Go, boy, go! And then lastly, and most importantly... Oh, surprise grenade! <laughs> 
The surprise grenade was pretty legitimate. They did they did mention specifically dynamite and that how how they didn't end up using it. Yeah. I guess grenades and dynamite aren't different really. Like they're pretty much the same thing. Or at least in a movie setting, they serve exactly the same purpose. Yeah, just blow whatever it is up. Yeah, kill the thing. So that was pretty cool. I like the <laughs> His, like, fanny pack he would use to store every emergency thing he could possibly need. You mentioned they might be sharing needles. He could have fit two he needles could, he in there. He could have 100% yeah. had, like, whole arsenals. Like, I'm expected to get bit a bunch of times. Yeah. I'm going to need new needles every time. I have a just... full 12-gauge shotgun in here just in case. I didn't yeah. need, end up needing it, but... <laughs> I'm sure he put the fucking bagpipes back in there yeah. when, he <laughs> when he was done with it. He just And I'll just pull up my crotch flap and stuff these in here and... I think we we could all use a crotch flap like that. I imagine that's how women's pockets work. You know, you, you, instead of like you know jean pockets, you just have a front crotch pocket that you can stuff stuff <laughs> just into. Store everything. There was a lot of stuff like sort of subtly in this movie, and I don't know if this was like a hot button topic at the time or what, but um, a lot of weird stuff about like hermaphrodite stuff, and then like he, he made that offhanded comment about like, oh, I guess they had women's lib even back then, and I'm like, ooh, yikes, man, that did not age well. <laughs> yeah, equating paganism to evil against Christianity because, like, hermaphrodites and this whole fertility ritual-like thing. Any but, Anytime you're killing people for, like, religious reasons, it's looked down upon pretty hard. Yeah. Especially, like, when it's, like, against Christianity and it's like, of course it's against Christianity. Everything's against Christianity. Poor, poor Christianity. Didn't do nothing wrong. Everybody's being mean to it. No. <laughs> They just wanted to fix the world. Yeah. These dirty pagans. We're trying to make everybody nice and happy, and y'all are being mean to us, (laughs) dirty pagans. With your strap-ons. With your dirt religion. (laughs) (laughs) Specifically, they brought up Jesus a lot in, like, the crucifix. I imagine the scene where she's in the... Sylvia's in the weird... It's like a sunbathing. Oh, yeah. The suntan thing. I don't know why she was in that. That makes... Absolutely no sense. No sense. There was no reason for that all of a sudden. The most porcelain-skinned character in the entire movie is now sunbathing casually in her own home. I don't understand. I, I guess it's supposed to be, like, a snake thing. Like, snakes like to do that. Where they go Snakes sunbathing. Like warm. Yeah. yeah, they bask in the sun a lot, so maybe this is sort of something like that. It's on par with the part where she's just in the like woven basket. Oh, yeah, which also came out of nowhere. Where the fuck was she only in that for the snake charming scene? Yeah, it felt like they were like, well, we know what you're thinking, and you're wondering when the woven basket's gonna come out. And it's no, here. It's years. It wasn't at the guy's house. It was at, she lives in one. She loves it. Yeah. This is where she sleeps every night. There's so many like weirdly, weird choices throughout the movie, but they all sort of come together in this weirdly perfect kind of yeah. way. It is hard not to love this movie. It's it's a lot of just fun and weird, and if you're looking for a weird movie, this is a really weird movie. In the most loving and wonderful kind of way. Scenes like that make me think it's like, there was trying to be comedic humor, but it, I think because my only interaction with British comedy is more of Monty Python, where I'm like, it's outright being a shtick kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if it's comedy or if they were trying to be serious. For me, it's hard to tell, uh, but like scenes like that specifically are just like, no, they, they meant for that to be a joke. I don't think that something is only comedy once you're like laughing your ass off at it. it. There are a lot of jokes that are just really good for like subtle, small reasons. Like I said it was a joke earlier. It was probably just them trying to do like a factoid where it's like, oh, uh, actually ants are 10 times stronger than they, they their size would indicate. Oh, that's a crazy factoid. We throw out every time ants 
are involved. And it's the same thing where it's like bees sting and snakes bite. But to me, that's very funny. And I'm glad that they used it more than once. It's not the kind of thing that's going to make me guffaw, but it'll, in my brain, I'm like, this is very funny. I, I absolutely this. loved it the second time they used it, though, because the immediate disdain and hatred in her eyes that was very obviously conveyed. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, that sting. <sighs> seething over there, yeah. James's character, and specifically in that scene, but like kind of throughout the film, is sort of like this James Bond character. We didn't get like a Indiana Jones, but we got a James Bond guy. Yeah, yeah. Where he's like the rich and sexy and cool guy who sort of has all the right answers, question mark? But also doesn't. It's like, what did you say that this pagan god was a thing earlier? Because I remember it for this. Well, you didn't You didn't bring it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess I didn't bring up my thing either, huh? <laughs> Weird. We should, as men, we should come together and communicate more often. The girls are in the background like, no, we've got to find my sister, everything's right. Excuse me, we're having a man moment Men right now. Men are talking right now. Jeez. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a different movie, that could have been the moment where the guys are just like, you know what? We don't care about any of this. Let's just leave. <laughs> girls figure it out. We can go off and just spend time getting to know each other and appreciating our friendship. So you're saying that you have a pocket that you can just pull anything out of? <laughs> Show me how that works. Is that like a Scottish <laughs> thing? That's wild. That's not, you have your own trained mongoose you just have at home? Yeah, I just ca I casually keep a mongoose. I don't know. Because they're the snake's worst enemy. Yeah, I'm Scottish. I hate snakes. I love mongooses, though. They're cool. Um, the part where the mongoose gets like killed and then thrown at him. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's just like casually trying to sneak up. Doesn't have the bagpipes anymore. I'm sure that's already tucked away in his pocket. The, the bit where she takes like the little the ear earbuds. Very funny. Not trying to be funny. Yeah. Just it's funny. It's just inherently funny. Yeah, there's a lot of bits like that. The way that they threw the corpse of the mongoose at his face. Very funny. Not trying to be funny. They're not forcing it. was probably it. trying to be more of a jump scare. Oh, I think it, it serves as both. Comedy and horror kind of go hand in hand a lot of the time, whether by accident or on purpose. And uh, I think this movie is a great example of that, where I, I think it's very possible for you to watch the whole movie and be like, this was really trying to be a horror movie, but it ended up being funny sometimes. Or watch it and think, this was trying to be a comedy and it ended up being kind of horrific sometimes. I think a lot of people will experience that when watching this movie. We sort of run into that a lot in film conversations for whatever reason. People seem to want to be like, is this trying to be funny or was it like accidentally in there? And it's sometimes it can be one or the other or both and it doesn't have to be definitively, this is a funny movie or this is a serious movie. I feel like it's also up to a personal opinion on it. Sure, yeah. There's so many more things to talk about. Like, there's just... They're like blinking, you'll miss some moments where it's like... They were one of those things that you have to, like, write down to make sure that you didn't forget. Like, specifically, my boyfriend killed himself. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I just immediately was like, where did that come from? And I had almost immediately forgot the quote. Yeah. Like, so, we sort of talked about this a little earlier, but I'd like to put a last nail in that coffin. Like, it feels frustrating that, like, all of the interesting character beats are given to Mary. And even is just there to be a damsel in distress slash sex object and Sylvia is there to be like a villain slash sex object. She doesn't really have a lot of depth to her character Sylvia. She's just like I'm immortal and I've been a part of this for forever. She doesn't describe her like ideological reasons for being a part of this or like how she became to be immortal because it yeah. seemed like it's vampirism. Was she bitten at one point by like the god specifically? Has she been a progenitor of this the entire time? Like she was one of the first people who ever did this and yeah. she's been perpetuating it the entire time. How many people are 
you know, snake people? Is that like a thing that is across the world and we've only just scratched the surface? And, you know, when we make a sequel to this movie, we'll go even crazier. And Really, I don't understand why they didn't give more to Eve. They made it seem like Eve was a very important character, specifically because she was a descendant of one of the nuns that mm-hmm. went against the emperor that was ruling yeah, the pagan like people. Cassius or something yeah. like that. Because it's specifically brought up and I'm like, huh, that's really interesting for the character who has had like maybe five lines so far and we're like towards the end of the movie hoping hoping that she'll eventually get a cool line and yeah. like no she doesn't she get doesn't, anything she doesn't i think the phone call she has is the last time she really talks in the entire rest of the movie oh god i think you might be right that's sad this movie sort of accidentally kind of and i don't think it meant to i think they were really trying to make mary a cool and interesting yeah. and, and like in-depth character but they just sort of fall flat on it after they explain all of her traumatic shit that she's going through they're just kind of like that's your problem and you'll deal with it i'm sure anyways let me try to kiss you now or let's try to make your problems into stuff that we can fix almost separately from you like she's just constantly like stop trying to fix my problems i'll figure it out you guys are being crazy and they're like nah where are the men men are talking now men will handle this jesus fucking christ i feel like most of the characters didn't really get a whole lot of character development but the women especially the most development we get in any character is probably in james like he actually goes through he goes from like just sort of partying it doesn't make it seem like that's all that he has going on but like i guess we learn more about james the further it goes on and he's got this desire to actually fulfill some idea of familial destiny i guess but like mary deposits all the information about the like parents being missing her boyfriend dying and is the main one perpetuating the my parents are missing they're not dead they're missing we should keep looking for them and whatnot other than that that's all we get from her angus doesn't really have much except like i'm scottish i'm here to dig up archaeological stuff by the way i'm scottish it does feel like sort of the ending scenes for james and angus are kind of in reverse order almost like it should be angus goes back to the cave and tries to smoke out the snake and james like goes and has the big fight scene with the snake lady and cuts her hands off and everything the scene where he cuts her hands off is nuts by the Uh, way yeah because the the rope is breaking and how is he sawing through with a basic dagger how is he sawing through there's so many worse things here like the hand that she's using to hold on to the leg at first she's holding on to eve's legs with both hands and then he starts cutting off one of the hands and she lets go with her good hand yeah she continues to hold on with the hand he's cutting off how does that work and like the rope is on its like last fringes it's because she she was already cutting it so it was on the last spiral of this this rope how did that last longer than this woman's wrist that he is cutting through with a basic dagger not even like a serrated dagger or anything like that it's just a eh, maybe it's sharp i don't know like in, in film shorthand you should assume that every sword is just lightsaber yeah you know it's just gonna cleave through anything like butter but also the oh the rope is fraying and coming undone it's just to let you know this is a tense moment it's not supposed to be any indicator of anything it's just hey we're running out of time is all that's supposed to be saying to you i did like how sylvia the snake woman who's now in full snake get up she like raises her hands up at one point and she has armpit hair but eve does not that felt again a little backwards it feels like the snake lady should have like next to no hair on her Uh, yeah uh and the natural god-fearing woman should be allowed to have armpit hair i don't know if like 
armpit hair as being evil, just like Sylvia, and good people shave their armpits. I don't know. I think it's also to show the, like, savagery of paganism. Women's, like, body hair in general is savagery. Like, when, when she gets out of the, the tanning bed, you can see full bush. Yeah, sure. On her immediately. And I feel like all of that is just, like, body hair on women is savagery, just like these dirty pagans. I was I was happy to see the, uh, the body hair. I was like, oh, that's cool that they let the, like, sex object woman have, you know, body hair. That's nice. But then the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, oh, no. They're trying to say body hair is evil. Yeah. Which is just... It's rough, yeah. Yeah. 1980s, man. Hell of a time. But hey, we're coming up on that time. Is there anything you wanted to say that we didn't really get around to? I think we got to all of it. Uh, Which is surprising, because there was a lot. I don't think we got to all of it. I feel like we're still missing stuff, and I just can't think of it. Oh, right. There was the... When uh, when Eve is having the first sort of vision, the, the vacuum cleaner that just comes out oh, of nowhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The Jesus white, Christ. the white tubing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It More. does. It does nothing, but it gets that big, like sting sound. You know, much like big... the garden hose. Yeah, almost exactly like the garden hose. Why didn't they just bring back the garden hose? Yeah, they. they Fuck it. Just... It makes about as much sense. Uh, the snake spitting on everything. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, sort of came out of nowhere. She just like spits on the crucifix for like no reason, and we we learn the reason later. But like at the time, you're kind of just like, what the fuck. <laughs> Just really hate Jesus. Oh my god. Snake people don't like that Christ guy. But okay, well that's a, that's a good stopping point, I guess. Uh, I really, I really had a very good time with this movie. I, do. I cannot say enough how how much of a, a delight it was. Mm-hmm.